you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. All right. Take your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 1. And we are going to wrap up this series that we've been in called Fight Like a Believer. Um, I don't know if you guys have enjoyed it, but I have. (laughs) So, Romans chapter 1. Yeah, we keep hearing bad news. About COVID-19, the infection rate just keeps, you know, going up there. And um, and now, of course, Thanksgiving's next week, and the virus is impacting our, our family gatherings. They say, don't, don't gather because of the risk of an infection. And I know our family's going to break a 43-year tradition of getting together. And uh, so we're not, we're not going to. Um, our Christmas celebration is going to get impacted, you know, so there's all this bad news going around, but in the midst of all that, there's also some good news, you know, we're hearing about some vaccines uh, that are coming around, a couple of couple of companies, drug makers, gotten through their third phase trials, got good results, one's 90% effective, one's 95% effective, and now that the politics are out of the way for the time being, uh, the media seems to be getting the word out about these COVID solutions. And so we think there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, That is, if people will believe in the COVID-19 solutions, if they'll trust the manufacturers of the vaccines, and they'll actually go and get a couple of shots to make their bodies COVID-19 destroyers. That has to happen, right? Now, I'm hoping that uh, the majority of people do, because what we're trying just is not working. You know, the mass, the social distancing, the, you know, keeping our lives uh, squeaky clean with hand sanitizer and all the things that we're using. I mean, it's not working. Numbers just keep going up, right? That's the evidence. Uh, But there's a solution out there. Man just has to believe in it and go get a couple of shots. Well, uh, before COVID-19 was ever a thing, a man has been struggling with another kind of virus, that we know is sin. Uh, the, the sin virus has been, been around for a long time. I have, I have bad news to tell you. If, uh, the, the infection rate for the sin virus is 100%. So if you've been born, you've been infected. And this sin virus causes all kinds of problems in the world. Leads to death, destruction of people, families, jobs, careers, relationships, you name it, it destroys. It's the deadliest virus that has ever been known to man. It not only destroys lives in this life, but it also destroys lives for eternity. And so mankind couldn't have a worse problem to solve, even though we try our different strategies to fix the sin virus. None of them seem to work. There is only one that has proven to be effective. It's God's plan. He came up with a vaccine. And it is 100% effective against the sin virus. And for 2,000 years, the church has been given the responsibility to get the good news out about God's vaccine. And so we want to fight like believers. 
during this time and beyond this time. We want to understand the gospel. We want to believe in the gospel. We want to overcome with the gospel. And so we're going to read some verses here from this opening letter of Romans. And, uh, there, you know, the, one of the great good news reporters that ever lived uh, wrote the book of Romans. His name was Paul. And it's going to lead us to know how to fight with the gospel as believers. Verse 15 to 17. So I am eager to come to you in Rome, too, to preach the good news. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your word today. And it is a treasure in our lives, and it, it gives us so much hope and encouragement. And we pray today that you'd stir in our hearts uh, for your gospel work in the world, in our lives, in the people that live around us. Lord, open our eyes to see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so if we, if, uh, we want to fight like a believer with the gospel, the first thing we need to do is understand the gospel. I never want to assume that you know what a word means because we use it a lot in church. And if you look, Paul does the exact same thing in verse 15. Oh, sorry, verse 17. I'm going to work my way backwards through the passage today because my brain works backwards sometimes. So verse 17, he said, Paul said, this, this good news tells us how to, that God makes us right in his sight. And it's accomplished by faith from start to finish. The Bible says a person is made righteous by faith. Now the word gospel, it actually means good news. It is God's good news. And you can summarize the gospel in four words just to help you remember it. God, man, Christ, and response. Those four words. God, man, Christ, and response. So let's understand the gospel in those four words. So first of all, you've got God. The gospel belongs to God. It is God's idea. It is His plan to bring people back to Himself. It is accomplished by Him through His Son. And I thought, you know, it's not surprising, is it, that the gospel is God's idea, that, that it belongs to God. God is our holy creator. He is our righteous judge. He created us to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. That is why we are here. He created us in His image and placed us in a perfect paradise. He gave us all of himself and gave us a work to do. And he gave us each other to meet the needs of our hearts, the connection that we have uh, in our hearts for each other. Um, you can look at all of creation and see how great God really is. Psalm, Psalm 19 talks about the, you know, the skies proclaim his handiwork. Um, it, it pours out speech day after day, night after night about the glory of God. Well, we are God's crowning of creation. And so we have the greatest capacity to speak about the glory of God. We're made in His image. So, first part of the gospel is God. God our creator. Second part is man. We had it all. And we had it, we had it as good as we could get it. But we messed it up. <laughs> we messed it up. God gave us one boundary that we couldn't cross. 
You know, one thing to not do, and after we were tempted by the devil, we crossed that boundary and sin, the sin virus, entered into our lives. And because sin entered our lives, then death came into into our lives. And all of this you can read about in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. So the sin virus, it caused us to rebel against our perfect creator. And that exposed us to his righteous wrath. And so the, that's what the sin virus does. And if you think about it, just, just like, you know, when somebody tests positive for COVID-19, what do they have to do? They have to separate themselves from healthy people. Well, the sin virus does the same thing. It separates us from a holy God. You know, we, we, we can't be, uh, you know, in his presence. And so when we die with the sin virus, if our sins haven't been taken care of, if they haven't been forgiven... We'll not only die physically, but we also will die spiritually. Our soul will be banished to a place called hell for all of eternity. So that's the first two parts of the gospel. God and man. He is our creator, holy, righteous, and just. And us, we are amazing. We're amazing. But we're infected with the sin virus. And we're dealing with death. Third part of the gospel is Jesus. What God did about our sin. He loves His creation. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to have to die because of their sins. He wants them to be rescued from their spiritual death. And so John 3.16, it tells us about how God loved the world so much that He sent His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him wouldn't perish because of their sin, but have eternal life with Him forever. So Jesus was sent to live our life He was God in the flesh. God with our skin on. So he was not infected with the sin virus. And he lived his life without ever offending his Heavenly Father. He never sinned. And because of that perfect life, it made him the only one who could sacrifice himself so we could be forgiven of our sins. The Bible says if he had sinned, then his sacrifice would have been for his sins. But he never sinned. So that he died the death we deserved. So we could be forgiven by His blood being poured out. The Bible says that though your sins were like scarlet, they will become as white as snow. That's amazing. That's beautiful. You know, a lot of people think that God, you know, with the gospel, that that God loved us, and because He loved us, He just, you know, you sinned. That's okay. Don't don't worry about it. Just over. I'll just overlook it. And that's not that's not a, the gospel at all. We call that cheap grace. But God's grace is expensive grace. You know, if he, if he was that kind of a judge, he wouldn't be a very good judge at all. You know, he, his justice had to be satisfied. And so his justice was satisfied when Jesus, his son, took our punishment on. He took our punishment, what we deserved, and we get his righteousness. So God's justice is satisfied. Romans chapter 3, verses 22 to 25. Listen to this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned, and we we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding his blood. And that leads us to the fourth part of the gospel. It comes back to us and it's our response to that. 
Will we believe this good news? Jesus Christ saves us from a spiritual death that lasts all of eternity due to our sins, but He saves us to a spiritual life with God forever. Will we believe that, or will we keep trying to solve the sin virus with our own, you know, own solutions? You know, we got the masks of good works. We stay away from each other because we keep hurting each other. You know, we just do our best to clean up our life because we keep making a mess of it. Those are the things we use to try to take care of the sin virus. But God says, no, none of that works. I got the answer. It's my son. So we got to believe in Jesus. Now, belief is, is not just agreement that this sounds good to me. I believe it. So it's for me. No, belief is always followed by obedience. It's always followed by action. If you believe in the COVID-19 vaccine, what are you going to do? You're going to get in line to get it. You're going to go get a couple of shots. If we believe in Jesus, it changes our life and we start following him. We start caring about what he says. Believing that he is not the, not only the way to heaven, but he is also the truth. He is also the life. So we turn away from our old life and we start each day learning how to put Jesus in the center of our life. And, and you know, we start seeing everything differently through his eyes. We, 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 we become his disciple. Okay, we become his disciple. And then through word and through prayer and through other believers, he shows us a new way to live life. Do you understand the gospel? Four parts. God, man, Jesus, and response. That's it. Have you believed in the gospel? Have you not just agreed with it, but have you believed it? Has it shown up in your life in a change? If it hasn't, there's no reason why you couldn't believe Today, you just believe in Jesus. What he's done on that cross was for you. He took your place there. He took your punishment. That forgives you of your sins. He'll come into your life. You know, he was buried, but three days later he rose from the grave. He's alive today, walks in anybody's heart that lets him in. So he is he is knocking. So understand the parts of the gospel. And when you do that, when we talk about it like this, it can be very academic, right? It can be kind of impersonal. But when you put yourself in it, it it comes alive. You know, the gospel comes alive when you see that this was done for me personally. And that's when things really change. So we're working our way back up the passage of verse 16 now. And that leads us to the next part. You have to believe in the gospel. Paul wrote there, For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. You know, it's one thing to believe in the gospel for yourself. But it is another thing to believe in the gospel for other people. That it is the answer for them also. Now your own salvation testimony, what it was like, when it happened, you know, that is going to have a strong influence on how much you really believe in the gospel for other people. It will have a strong influence on that. And when you, when you look at, at Paul, you know, you got to remember where he came from. He, he used to be Saul. You know, and, and he was living his life as, um, as, a, as a Pharisee. Um, he was a Jew, and his life was, he was living it out as in strict disobedience to the law. I mean, nobody could touch the way Paul lived his life in accordance with God's law. And so he was uh, working to stomp out this new thing called the way. You know, he was killing Christians. He thought it was, it was heresy to his religion. And he thought he was doing a good thing. He's on the road to Damascus to go there and wipe out, you know, the, the new church. Uh, but Jesus interrupted his, his journey there. 
And Saul, when Jesus came in there, Saul fell to his knees and he had a life-changing conversation with Jesus. He was blinded by the light that shone all around him. But a few days later, when his eyes were opened, Paul was a brand new man with a brand new purpose. He was totally changed. He started calling himself the chief among sinners. And he knew to the core of his soul that if Jesus could change and save him, he could change and save anybody. He wasn't ashamed of the gospel. He knew it had power to save and to change. Didn't matter who you were, what you believed, where you lived. Didn't matter. Didn't matter what you've done. The gospel isn't just about changing our future home. It has power to change people's lives right here and right now. Ezekiel 36, 26 talks about God taking out our stony, stubborn heart and He puts in a heart of flesh that beats to want to follow God. He gives us His Spirit that causes us to want to follow His commands. And so you see your reason. When that happens, you see your reason for being on this earth totally differently. You see your job differently. You see your family differently. You see your church differently. Everything changes. Now, depending on how radical that change was, whenever it happened, how long ago it happened, you know, if it was a while ago, uh, you can become timid with your belief in the gospel. You know, and, you know, you can say, I, I know what happened to me. You know, yeah, yeah, Jesus loves me. He died across me. I believe that. But further you get along from that, it's like, man, I, you know, I'm not sure it could save, you know, them. Or I'm not sure it could work over here. And then it can be really easy to get a little embarrassed by the gospel, especially when you're in a place where everyone else around you doesn't believe in it. And in fact, they would ridicule you. They would criticize you for being a Christian. And so it's, it's easy. You grow up in church. You know, you grow up in church. You, you never knew a time where you didn't know about Christ. So you don't have a date on the calendar that says, that's the day I got changed. That can cause you to be a little timid with the gospel and that, you know, sharing that with other people. And so, you know, when, when we, when we have that, I mean, that's just life. It's just the way it goes. And so it is good when we have an opportunity to hear about the power of the gospel in somebody's life, not just, you know, in the Bible, but today. You know, that God did what he did back then. He's still doing it today. The gospel still has power to change people's lives today. This past summer, uh, John Paul and Amber Poole uh, started coming to our to our church, and I've gotten to know John Paul a little bit over over that time. And I'm gonna have him come up. I'm excited to have him come up. Actually, in fact, I might just sit down, John Paul. <laughs> It'd be all right. You you wouldn't you wouldn't be upset if that happened. So, yeah, buddy, Did I spell it right. Got the hyphen and everything right. So you, come on, come on over here, right dead yeah. dead center, right right here. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is John Paul. His name is the same, but he's a different man. Amen. Praise the Lord. Tell him about it. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for uh, thanks for that, Pastor. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's undeniable, really. You can't deny what God's done in my life, and it definitely ain't me doing it. That's for sure. Um, what he's brought into my life with my wife and uh, just ministry opportunities, um, I could never make his stuff up. Um, I really couldn't. And... Uh, 
And a lot of the things I'm going to share, I'm just going to share who I was before the Lord and what happened to me, um, how he made me a new creation and what he's been doing since. But um, the things I share, Romans 6 says, what, what do I have to show for the things that I was once ashamed of, you know, and they're shameful things, you know, but God, and the only reason I can talk about them today, because I would never have talked about them um, before the Lord and before I believed in his forgiveness um, through his blood, I would never be able to share this stuff, you know, but the only reason I can is because I believe in the cross, man. You know, I believe in that forgiveness, and I need to because a lot of my sin caused a lot of shame where I didn't really want to live with it, and I couldn't live with it. It was a burden I could not carry, and uh, I'm thankful for the Spirit of God that he's given me to to understand that there truly is freedom from sin. And I can be made alive in Christ. I truly can. And um, But that's what I want to share. And I'm going to read Psalm 40 at the end of it because that's my life, you know. And um, But before before um, really I grew up into this horrible man that I'd become before the Lord, um, I had a good family. I really did. I came from a good family. My mom and dad took me to an Episcopal church all the days of my life. And I was sprinkled baptized and went to church and heard the word every day and took communion and it meant nothing to me um i just did it because that's what we did you know it was at least for me i'm not saying my parents but for me it didn't mean nothing to me you know and i didn't truly take it serious i didn't understand the gospel and you know i didn't truly understand what was going to have to take place in this man's heart um, as you said in Ezekiel, like that was going to have to happen. It wasn't just a drug problem or a drinking problem or uh, this problem or that problem. I needed a new heart, you know, and I needed the spirit to take control and consume me because everything else besides that had consumed me. Um, but grew up in the church and, 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 uh, really had a good family home. My dad was a probation officer, worked in the prisons, was a cop before I was born. Um, Mom had a great job, and uh, they really did try to teach me right. At the age of, like, 14, life started happening. I started experiencing things that really I didn't know what to do with. And my grandpa died at, at like, 13. It's the first time I really experienced death. It was a real hard thing for me, you know, to see my, my papa die. And, and then shortly after that, my mom and dad got divorced, man, and I'm um, not blaming this on them or anything like that. The way I turned out, not at all. I made my own choices, and um, you choose who you're going to serve in this life, whether it be yourself and the enemy or, or the Lord. But uh just really rebelled and, uh man, went way far out in sin. And, and they say that little cliche statement that sin will take you further than you'd ever imagine it would take you and keep you a whole lot longer than you'd ever want it to keep you. And, that was the truth. I rebelled and I ran towards everything else besides this word and uh, the community that God has brought into my life now. I ran to, I walked with fools. Let's just be be honest. You know, those who walk with fools will become fools and those who walk with the wise will become wise. And, and I just ran after everything that this world had to offer and became about every drug addict that you could imagine. Um, started in high school smoking weed and taking pills and and that shortly led into um doing cocaine and 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 uh shortly after that became a heroin addict from taking so many opiates and was the IV user of a heroin addict for many years and lost my life three times on overdose and 
Um, started using meth, you name it, like I just kept running. I had a continual lust for more. Nothing was ever satisfying me, and I was trying to hide all this shame, man. And I didn't really want to deal with all the things I did. You know, I had I had two kids, um, was not a good father in their lives, and my mom raises one, um, and I have one in Virginia. But uh, very shameful things I went Found myself in prison for many years. I tried all the NA and CA and AA, and I went to the Salvation Armies to try to get help and um, figure out this sin problem, man, right? And I tried everything else under the sun, man, um, and it didn't work. And finally, I heard about this ministry. Pastor got to go with me this Wednesday. I preached down there once a once a month, and he got to go down there and see. This is when it really all started to change for me, man. Um, I'd gotten saved um, at one of my relatives' house, um, we went over there, me and my brother, that's the police officer, went over there one, one night, and me and Sean just broke down, man, I cried, man, like, I, I'm, I begged God to save me, you know, because of where I was going. It was horrible. It was horrible, not just for me, but for everybody that, that it touched, and um, we went over there and cried out to the Lord that night, and I really do believe from that very night, man, God started moving mountains you know just as we read in the bible and we stand it all from the testimonies of changed lives whether they were blind or deaf or uh, couldn't walk or you name it it is the same miracles that happen today and the chains that can be broke through the cross that has happened in my life but ever since that day and then i heard about Saul of paul in prison from this little guy named william i'll never forget it man i came from marion county jail and he come from johnson county jail where don the guy who runs Saul of paul where uh, he preaches at, he preaches at Johnson County, was telling William about Saul to Paul, and um, just like he was talking about Saul, you know, before he became Paul, and that drastic change. Um, I went to this ministry and sat down for about 20 months of my life. For the first time, I sat down, you know, and I wasn't bound to something or chained to something. Um, I actually sat down and started to learn what this word said about me. And uh, I started seeing my life all in it, you know, and it was so undeniable where I went wrong and what it was going to take to fix me, what it was going to take to change me. And stayed 20 months there and, and uh, man, learned a lot. The Word washed me. It really did. It washed me clean and it gave me a new heart and that new spirit that it talks about. Um, and I truly can say, like Titus says, for the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright lives in this present age as I wait for the blessed hope of the glorious appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. That's what happened to me, right? I didn't know how to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. All I did, like you said in Psalm 52, all I did was say yes to evil, and I ran towards it, and I didn't avoid every kind of evil, you know. I, I truly ran after it with all my heart, and um, since that day that that grace appeared to me, I know how to fight now, right? I know how to say, no, this ain't right. What I once thought was, see, I was so warped. What I thought was bad, what was evil, what, how does the Bible say? Uh, what was good, I thought was evil, and what was evil, I thought was good, right? Bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. I, it was all mixed up in my mind. I was so warped from the things of this world and the way I thought. Um, I had it all all mixed up. And the things that I thought were bringing me freedom, right, were actually putting me in chains and 
and and I was a slave to them, right? We think we can live apart from this word right here and not do what it says, and that will bring us freedom, but it truly brings us, we're a slave to our own sin, and that's the truth. Um, ever since the Lord changed me, I come out of that ministry, man, I've, uh, Lord's brought my wife into my life, and that's a miraculous thing in and of itself. She's totally lived a totally different life than I've ever lived, um, became uh, or was a pastor's kid growing up in South Dakota. Her dad was a pastor out there and totally just loved the Lord from a young age. You know, the Lord didn't have to rescue her from the pits like he did me. He actually, she fell in love with him from a young age and, and she kept from all that garbage. But, uh, God's really just been doing a work. We were very involved in the church before we came here and, uh, the youth group and, um, junior church and me being a trustee there and just things I never would have thought in a million years that I'd be involved in and the desires that I have now, right, to actually live for the Lord and not just live for myself and love myself, but to be poured out every day. And uh, me and my wife, um, we have this missionary mission field in our apartment complex where we live there and we really try to, to reach this community doing Bible studies and um, which like you said, we're not allowed to do right now, unfortunately, but, um, we do get to try to love this community and serve them today. We'll be passing out little gift cards for Thanksgiving. And, um, we've been privileged to be able to have this ministry and, um, just coming in here and trying to get involved here and, um, just sharing what God's done in my life is, is truly, um, an amazing thing, right? I'll, I'll never forget. Um, truly what he's brought me out of, what, what I was when I was called. Um, I'll never forget it, you know. Apart from Christ, listen, I can do nothing. I really can't, man. My life has proven it. Like with Christ, I'm telling you right now, he has done miraculous things in my life that I thought never, never in a million years would be possible. I always thought I was going to live this life on this planet Earth under the influence of some type of substance, whether it be from my doctor giving me a pill because I think I need it or doing something, right, to cover all the hurt and pain that comes through this life, right? And one of them hurtful things that I have experienced lately when me and my wife got together to show me, listen, you don't have to run to the bottle. You don't have to run to the needle. You don't have to run to the pill. My wife ended up getting ovarian cancer when we first got married. And for the first time, like a trial had come into my life. And I was like, man, Lord, I don't understand, right? I'm trying to live for you. And my wife is. And, and I really don't understand, Lord, why these things happen. And usually I would run to everything that I thought brought me comfort, you know, but this time I, I truly ran to him. I was like, listen, I'm so helpless in this life. I really am. I can't fix my wife. Lord, only you can. And, and gratefully, the Lord has healed her from that. And, and she has no um, effects from it to this day. But uh, the Lord's really done a work in, in my life. That's for sure. It's undeniable, right? And I want to read this Psalm 40 real quick, and I'll be done. I don't know what kind of time I'm, I have, but... Um, man, it's, it really is. And that's my biggest argument with people, right? I'm like, listen, people that really used to know, knew me, they can't deny something's changed me, man. I don't look the same. I don't talk the same. I don't hear the same. I don't see the same. I don't move the same. I don't have the same desires that I used to have. Like they might not even believe in this word or believe in the power of the spirit of God, but I can tell they can't deny that something has drastically changed me, man. Like this, 
this has taken place, and this ain't something that I've done, right? We have this treasure in earthen vessels so that we can see that this power is from God and not from us. That's the truth. Like, I couldn't have changed myself. I tried, man, many days and failed miserably, miserably. So anyway, let's read this and we'll be done. I'm, I love this, man. And I get shaken up about it. Like, it really does move me, man. And it's, uh, I remember them days part where I was truly without God and without hope in this world. It sucked, man. It really did. And I've ran for the kids that think, you know, whatever. They, we think that running after this sin and the things this world has to offer is fun. It ain't fun, man. I don't. I don't boast in them shameful things anymore like I used to. I used to glorify in them shameful things. There is nothing to be proud of. Um, there really ain't. Let's read this. Though. This is good, man. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord my God, oh, many are the wonders you've done. The things you have planned for us, none can compare with you none were i to speak and tell of your deeds they would be too many to declare sacrifice and offering you did not desire but my ears you have opened burnt offering and sin offering you did not require then i said here i am i have come it is written about me in the scroll i desire to do your will that's an amazing thing he put that in me i desire to do his will my god your law is within my heart now I proclaim your saving acts in the great assembly right here. I do not seal my lips, Lord, as you know. I do not hide your righteousness in my heart. I speak of your faithfulness and your saving help. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. Do not withhold your mercy from me, Lord. May your love and faithfulness always protect me for troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me, and I can not see. They are more than the hairs of my head, and my heart fails within me. Be pleased to save me, Lord. Come quickly, Lord, to help me. May all who want to take my life to be put to shame and confusion, may all who desire my ruin be turned back to, in disgrace. May those who say to me, aha, aha, be appalled at their own shame. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who long for your saving help always say, I love this, the Lord is great. The Lord is great. But as for me, I am poor and needy. And may the Lord think of me. You are my help and my deliverer. You are my God. Do not delay. Oh, now I got to start over. <laughs> got a few more minutes? Just a few more?
Man, thank you, John Paul. The more you learn about his life and how it was before Christ and where they're at now, the more you believe in you know, what Paul is writing there. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to save those. The Jew first and then the Gentile. Nobody's too far away from God that he can't reach them. Nobody's too bad that gospel can't change them. No life is too far gone that he can't redeem their life with the gospel. going to be extremely blessed to have you guys among us. One more verse here. Paul talks about verse 15, talks about how eager he was to come to Rome to share the gospel. And I was thinking as I read that, I want that to be more and more true in my own life. That I would be eager to come to people and share the gospel. That I'd be more concerned about what dinner conversation would be instead of what the dinner menu would be. I think in my own life, one of the biggest hindrances to getting the good news out is me. It's me. And so that's where we have to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. And that's how we overcome uh, overcome with the gospel. You know, I, I can look back on the calendar and I have a date, June 3rd, 1994, when I got saved. I didn't think I was getting saved because I thought I already was saved. But that's the day the Lord came into my life and changed me. That's the day I trusted Him with with my life, you know, I was set free from the power of sin and death. Um, but you know, just just like COVID nineteen, you know, when people recover from that, there there's complications. Some people have complications. You know, CDC's talking about fatigue and heart palpitations, shortness of breath, those kinds of things. Well, the sin virus has complications too. You know, when Jesus frees you from that, there's still consequences in our lives that, that we have to clean up. There's old sins that stick around, bad habits, you know, new sins that come along. <laughs> we had an old reputation to overcome, you know, because we treated people so poorly. So all of that is there. And so after we re- receive the gospel in our life, sometimes or maybe oftentimes we don't even look like we did. You know, and, and the thing is, that the Spirit is in there now and He's convicting us of sin. You know, remember Paul said he, he was the chief among sinners. He wasn't talking about his past. He was talking about his present. And then he wrote Romans 7, which is the cycle of, you know, where we kind of live. And I'm, I, I, I was going to read, I'm going to, you know, he's like, you know, I, I don't understand who I am. I do what I hate. I do what I don't want to do. You know, that cycle. You know, I know what's good, but I don't do it. I do what I hate. And there it is. That, that's where, where a lot of us live. Maybe all of us live there. We struggle with, with sin in our life, you know. And, and so then we, we think to ourselves, look, if I know I'm, I'm born again, but I'm this crummy person. <laughs> I keep sinning. So if the gospel didn't really help me, how is it going to help anybody else? How can I go share the solution to the sin virus when it doesn't look like I've been saved? And that's where we preach the gospel to to ourselves every day, you know, because because when when we get that kind of thing going, when we see it, I mean, there's evidence. I'm walking, living, breathing that the gospel is not true, according to the devil. And and then he gets in there, starts talking to us, you know, and he starts saying, look what you did. You know, what did you say? You know, look what you thought. How you call yourself a Christian? It's exactly what he wants us to do. He can't have our life, but he can get us to sit down. 
He can, he can cause us to, to fall down and stay silent because shame starts working in there. And then we go into hiding. But then, you know, so it, look, it, Paul finishes up Romans chapter 7. Uh, he wrote this. Hey, I'm, I'm skipping. Did you see that? <laughs> he wrote, oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus is the answer. We are in the crock pot of spiritual formation after we get saved. You know, and as much as we would wish it to be true, we are not going to stop sinning until we get home. I mean, so we got to we remember that we're, we're in process, you know, after we get saved. And we don't want to let, you know, our sins or our shame or the or Satan keep us from sharing the gospel. The gospel is something we need to preach to ourselves every day. Listen, once you're in Jesus' hands, there's nothing you can do to get out of his hand. I don't care what you say to him. I don't care what you do. He's got a hold of you and he's not going to let you go. It is not by your works that you get into heaven and it's not by your works that you make it to heaven. It's by Jesus' work. Everything was done at the cross. He said up there, it is finished. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. So you preach that gospel to yourself. Overcome with it in your life. And then start looking for people who you can share it with. Let's have our worship team back up. We got time to sing. We got time to sing. We need to sing. There's a little bit of exciting news that goes along, goes along with the good news. Okay, it's, it, it is this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 begins with this. We work together with God. In this gospel mission. So when we leave here and we get sent out there with this passion to share Christ with people in our lives. I promise you the Holy Spirit is already out there. And he's already working on tilling the hearts, the soil in people's hearts to receive the gospel seed. And we want to work together with God to lead us to those people. And then sow that seed when he opens the door. And so we're not out there by ourselves trying to do this. We just need to follow his lead. And that's exciting. He's got people he wants to save, maybe even today in your life. He's put us right where he wants us to fight like a believer with the gospel. What would happen if we did that? If we started seeing people from not a human point of view, but from a spiritual point of view. We started remembering you know, that every single person is infected with a sin virus. We've got to find out where are they at with Jesus. It's not up to us to pick and choose who gets saved. God knows all about that. We just got to go share it. We got to go spread the good news. You know what happens if we do that? We'll have to start a new believers class at Living Streams Community Church. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he has done for us. Thank you for the way that he loves us, that he went all the way to the cross, that he stayed there while people mocked him and beat him, and he bled so that we could be forgiven. Uh, Father, he was buried, we know. He walked out of that tomb three days later. He's alive. He's defeated death. We fix our eyes on him, the author and perfect of our faith. And we pray, Lord, as we go out to join you in this mission, that you'd open our eyes to see who needs to hear about him, about his love, about his goodness, about the way he changes, changes lives. So we place ourselves in your hands, Lord. Thank you for David being here. Bless his ministry. Um, 
We thank you for John, Paul, and Amber being here, Lord, and look forward to seeing how they're going to be used around here. Um, We thank you for all the good things that you've given us in our lives, Lord. And uh, we love you today. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Well, happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Uh, Lord bless you.